Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Peter Mingles here, The Dash Radio.com. So if you go to Dash Radio.com, you'll be able to see our website if you haven't been there. It's pretty amazing. The people over with my co host have built the most unbelievable, awesome website. And we always like to say hello to those guys. And my co host, Dawn Wright DeBronx, is right now in the middle of redefining however they redefine retail in her local area. She's opened up a shop, and they are doing wonderful things, and I told her, take the night off. I can handle this one. This is going to be great. We are here every Monday and every Wednesday, at least sometimes even more than that, on the Dash Radio, and you should check us out. I have a really special guest tonight. His name is Joseph Skursky, and for those people that want to write it down, Joseph, you know how to spell Joseph. Skursky is S-K-U-R-S-K-Y. So you go Joseph Skursky, and he's the president of Market Leader Solutions. He has a domain name of the same name, Market Leader Solutions, because there's probably more than one, so solutions.com. So you would go to marketleadersolutions.com, and we're going to speak a lot about hiring and the selecting process so we're also going to give you this one, HireAssurance.com. Now, this one I have to spell because we're going to talk about hire as in H-I-R-E, what you might do with an employee. Assurance, A-S-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. And prior to this interview, I've spoken with Joseph previously, and i got to share with you, I am impressed with his background his knowledge, and the things that he can do for a company. So if you understand that hiring people is an important part of the process, maybe the most important part of the process, you'll want to listen in. Now, for some of you that are listening in, maybe for the first time, let me explain the title, The Dash Radio. When Dawn and I, a little bit less than a year ago, decided that we wanted to do something, we had come from a situation where we see a lot of things happening in life, of course, as we grow up, and the industry as we grow up, and things in general, and we wanted to have a theme, so we picked the dash. If you take a look at someone's headstone, tombstone, whatever you might want to call it, they have a date of birth, they have a date of whenever they're done, and then you have that little teeny-weeny dash, which is unfairly significant and represents what they might have done with their lives. And only a few people may be really sensitive or really know what that dash really means. There's a lot of you and a lot of our guests that add a huge amount to their lives as well as the lives of other people. And they selfishly or selflessly share those things with us so we can enrich our lives as well. And there's probably no better thing for an employer as the hiring process to be able to enrich the lives of lots of other people. So, Joseph, after that long introduction, thanks for being on our show. Hey, thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So you own a company, and I'd like to hear a little bit about the stories related to how you got started. You can start off telling us a little bit about what you do so we have some context. But I always love the story, the entrepreneurial story, you know, because some people just wonder, they look at you and they just say, you know, he's so lucky, he's so fortunate. They don't realize all the things that maybe you had gone through, all the lessons you had learned, the blades of grass that you stepped on, which might have, you know, good stuff on it or bad stuff on it. So if you can, share with us a little bit about what you do and what your company does, what people can buy from you, and then intertwine that, if that's a word, with the stories of how you got started. So go ahead. It's all for you. Sure. Thanks. Uh, well, uh, Market Leader Solutions was started about uh, seven years ago, coming up uh, here in another month. Um, you're correct, uh, Solutions, uh, because we do focus on uh, three primary areas, uh, a model that, that uh, created called uh, around leadership, people, and execution, the fundamentals of, of having a successful company. Um, <laughs> 
I would love to say that that you know I, I get to, to focus more on execution, but uh, uh, sadly enough, many uh, companies have um, gone the old way of hiring. <clears throat> they they do things the way that they've always done them, and the the success rate for having somebody that, that stays uh, and, and is you know massively successful in the role is is never really what uh, what what companies would like to see. So I've spent actually quite a bit of time uh, helping companies make uh, selective decisions about who they should hire, particularly for uh, management and uh, sales level positions, uh, those ones that, that are um, critical to the function of the operation. Um, prior to that, uh, I, I was in a couple of different um, sales leadership roles. One is a, a director of sales uh, for uh, a publicly traded company at the time. Um, and shortly after I, I took over that uh, position, uh, we ended up doubling uh, their revenue in about seven months, uh, which was which was pretty incredible. Um, I ended up leaving that position, went on to another company, uh, and uh, just just in case it was a, it was a fluke uh, to let you know, um, ended up tripling their revenue in four months, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Set them up for a series of, of uh, future successes. Um, with an acquisition and then another acquisition to a, a big NASDAQ company. So uh, that was pretty cool. So my, my uh, experience as a sales leader um, kind of speaks for itself. And in, in that, I've learned, uh, you know, many things about, you know, how to, how to pick the right uh, salespeople and sales leaders and other, other management level uh, positions. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that I applied along the way was um, uh, psychometric assessments. Um, I know that's a big word, but uh, it's, it's not quite as scary. Uh, it, it actually uh, tells me uh, about the whole person, how they behave, why they behave that way, and what their inner talents are. Uh, with that, um, I'm, I'm able to bring the right person to fit the to fit the role appropriately. Because you know, much as you said, yes, it's a good thing for uh, employers to be able to, to help uh, the employees and, and vice versa. Without a fit. Um, nobody's happy, right? So, you know, I, as a part of the selection process, I like to make sure that, that whenever the employee is coming in, that we're doing the right thing for the employee as well. Excellent. That so, that's no, that's perfect. That's perfect. And I want to give off, off the website throughout the show so people can go and grab it because there's really good information there. So they would go to marketleadersolutions.com mm -hmm. and then hire assurance. And that's the trickier one just because when I say it, you can probably spell it a couple of ways. So it's H-I-R-E, like hire, and then assurance, A-S-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Now, my background was in direct sales and direct sales management as well. And when I first got started, I was a trainee, and I saw how many people purged themselves from the management training program because they weren't willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then I also realized how important it was that you had the right person in the store. So I won't mention names, even though I'm probably longer than the statute of limitations where the company <laughs> might sue me or not. But, but there was a gentleman that I was attracted to when I got started in the business. His name was Joseph as well. And he was wonderful. And the problem was, is I only got a chance to work with him for a very short time. We promoted him, or we made so many sales when he was our manager. He peaked at the right time. He was promoted to a, another position, which was out of the area, and they replaced him with Mike. Now, I definitely won't mention Mike's last name, because Joe was very dynamic. And Joe was great, and Joe attracted us. Mike had a little bit more personality than a wet noodle. And it was impossible for anybody to fill Joe's shoes, but it was really impossible for Mike. And that selection of his replacement made that branch go from one of the biggest offices in the country to almost like, you know, crickets, you know, like a ghost town because yeah. of the difference in the selection of the manager. So when it came to selecting the right people, I just kind of observed that that I don't know if it was an important decision. It might have been the only decision that really mattered because in the sales environment, I mean, they scattered like wildfires. They just couldn't keep them like Joe did. So how important, and, you know, most of us, when we think about common sense, it might be one thing, but how important is it to have that key critical person in that top type of a position? So, And what are the, what are the ramifications? Because some people, I'm guessing, would have to hire you for your services. 
So in a world of that, let's talk about the mechanics and let's talk about the detriment of hiring the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, great point. The, the um, cost of uh, hiring a stake in a sales leadership position, actually in any executive leadership position, but also in sales leadership, uh, is three to five times uh, their annual salary. Uh, well, generally their annual compensation, total compensation. So it's it's a big hit to the company, particularly if it's a smaller company. Uh, and that's that's just the stuff that can be calculated. Now, whenever you start thinking about uh, you know, what, what what happens to the customers, uh, you know, and the and the, the goodwill uh, that you've got established with them, what happens to uh, employee morale, and particularly if you've got somebody who's and I understand your situation there. You know, the guy with the with the wet noodle uh, personality. You know, the reverse can be true where you get someone who comes in, they're dynamic. Uh, they're great. They're a top performer, but they're not on on uh, point with. They're not. They're not aligned with their leadership, and that that becomes a Pied Piper effect. In other words, uh, they come in and they actually steal some of your good people and go off uh, into the sunset, and that's that's obviously a big hit uh, as well. And that's <laughs> that obviously is is a whole lot more than five times uh, more than that person's compensation. That's for sure. Right. Um, so hiring a good person isn't always the right person. That's right. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's what's right for the role, and part of the part of that uh, equation uh, does uh, uh, mean making a good fit with uh, the, the the company culture, the team culture. Most important with the boss, because people uh, join a company so that they can get ahead professionally, sometimes personally, uh, but they most often leave because of conflict with their boss. Right, so right, I pay particular attention to that. How do I do that? I assess the boss as well. It's not it's not just the the, the candidates flowing through the system, but you know I got to know what the what the team looks like, you know, and and how the boss uh, operates. What's most important to to him or her. Now I know you do that as a profession. When I was yes. um, in the direct sales field, I had to hire, train, motivate, and develop on my own. So I didn't have the budget, if you will, mm-hmm. um, to be able to do some of the things that you do but because every, you know different businesses play at different playing fields so w- in reference to the playing field that you usually work with what types of companies would you work with now uh you mean size wise or, or yeah what, i mean what industries company yeah but a little bit of everything majority of, of companies are um, less than 500 employees uh it's most of the the smaller uh companies that I like. I've got a heart for you know because they they don't have uh, big budgets. You know that's why I've, I've structured uh, many of my services to to accommodate their budget but give them the right answer because goodness knows they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to move to the next step if they don't get some of these key hiring decisions uh, correct first time. Right. Um, right. So, uh, but the other the other thing is uh, I focus mo- mostly uh, almost exclusively on business to business. Uh, I've really. It's not that I can't do uh, a business to consumer or uh, you know, health, healthcare or uh, government. Uh, it's just those aren't the ones that, that have uh, found me. I see. Now, in reference to um, in, in reference to um, hiring someone, when you're doing your interviews for the company, because obviously it sounds like you go in, you dig in, you find a little bit about the culture. You find out about the people. You look for strengths and weaknesses, and chances are, you probably have to uh, develop a, a develop a strategy that's going to work with them. But also, you're probably going to be looking under some rocks and some stones, and you're going to find some stuff that probably takes some delicate management on your side to be able to help them find the right person. After we come back from the break. I want you to talk a little bit about, if you can, some of the challenges you have maybe with the people that are hiring you and how you might handle some of those awkward moments of saying, you know, if you really got the, if you really want the right, the right person, you might have to do this. So we're going to take a, a brief commercial break. We're going to come right back. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, 
Network Leads has what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. Okay, Peter Mingles here. We're here with the Dash Radio. We're interviewing Joseph Skursky. That's S-K-U-R-S-K-Y. He's the president of Market Leader Solutions, so marketleadersolutions.com. Also has the website hireassurance.com. That's H-I-R-E. A-S-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com, so HireAssurance.com. And we're talking about the selection process and the services that uh, Joseph does and the need for finding the right people. But, Joseph, I could just imagine, because, you know, entrepreneurs are, are a little bit on the weird. When I say weird, maybe they're a little different. There's something different about them that makes them a little bit different, and they're they're maybe a little bit on the, I don't know, maybe you never see exactly the same one. So here you are, someone might hire you for a key position, uh, to fill a key position rather, and you walk into that entrepreneur, what are the types of people you usually walk into as far as the people that are willing to cut the check for you, but now you have to fill a job, and how do you manage the situations you run across? Well, that's a big that's a big question. Um you know the the, uh, the serial entrepreneur uh, is is cut from a different cloth. That's that's very true. You know I think that that some of the companies um, I'm trying to think back through through some specific scenarios. Um, more often than not, uh, the the issue is um, the ability for someone to hire uh, someone smarter than themselves. <laughs> That's a, I mean, that's that's an ego issue. I'm sure you dealt with it whenever you were sure um, and, uh, a sales leader. I certainly did. Um, you know, it, to to do that and not feel threatened to actually understand all the good things that that person brings to your organization as a result. And sometimes, hey, you know as well as I do, there's a big difference between uh, just an, an okay uh, salesperson, somebody who keeps their head down, you know, and they keep producing that quota and everything else. The difference between that and a thoroughbred. Um, somebody who every month is just going, you know, crazy over the top uh, in terms of their performance. You handle each one differently, um, and I, I think that that's that's probably one of the biggest factors that I've run into. Now, you know, as a as a part of the um, uh, as part of the process, and I do get into uh, the assessment of you know the the boss, different people on the team. You know, uh, sometimes you know at the, at the uh, executive level, all, all the way across the board. Uh, and within that, you know, I help to identify what the strengths and weaknesses are of the team. And sometimes what that means is that, you know, it's, it's a funny thing because, you know, companies that, that have, uh, you know, even, you know, 100 plus, 500 plus people, they've got, you know, everybody over to the left side of the boat and, you know, nobody, nobody hanging out on the right side to cover their, their, um, their weaknesses, right? And sometimes, particularly whenever you're, whenever I'm filling uh, more senior level positions, uh, and I'm not filling them. I'm going to I'm going to address that here in a second. But whenever I'm whenever I'm helping to them to hire uh, for that position, I'm going to recommend somebody who's uh, different, right? And that generally means that whenever they're in the interview, uh, it's not going to be um, immediately uh, uh, clicking because of the the behavioral differences. But that's okay. That's actually, that's actually a good thing. That's that's some of the things that they need to uh, uh, fill those those weakness gaps. Uh, it's the the point. And this gets into the, the second part of the uh, assessment of why they do things that way. The point is about uh, them being on the same mission. You know, can they be on the same mission but go about doing it different different uh, ways, which means that that uh, brings uh, a balance of strength uh, to the team. Now, one thing, if I could uh, just interject, uh, I actually don't with with higher assurance. I don't fill the position. This is not a recruiting service. Uh, it's actually a, a supplemental service. I, it, it's sort of like a like a do-it-yourself 
uh, it's like program for the company for for my client. Um, but whenever you need somebody to come in and say, you know, don't pay. You've got five candidates right now. You don't need to pay attention to these three. I've already assessed them. They're not gonna they're not gonna work for you. But here's how to interview these these other two, and how to bring out the best in them so that you find out if you've got really what you need there in that candidate. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you're the one who kind of. Um you don't, you won't make the fire the final hiring decision because you have to leave that up to the gentleman who's writing the check. But the reality is, is you can give them the strategies of, hey, wait a minute, I've been here before, I see how this kind of person does this, I've seen how this kind of person does that, and then you can kind of share with them whether they're going to be good fits or not, and then they make their ultimate decision themselves. Yes, um, you, it, it, it's a, a trusted advisor role. You know, I, I yep. have to earn that up front. Uh, yep. once, once I do, then if I say don't hire this one, they, they generally don't question me. Some some have in the past, and then they end up having to fire them and, and come back and say, Joseph, you're right. <laughs> now, you you mentioned something a little bit earlier that I had observed a, as well. When you said you got to hire above your own level sometimes. Yep. In the direct, again, I'm going to share things maybe with people relative to the direct sales environment because that's kind of like where I grew up. But in the direct sales environment, we used to say, if you can only hire one person that's better than you, he's probably going to take your job. Mm-hmm. But if you can hire a lot of people that are better than you, you have real value to the company okay. because you can increase their growth. So if you're only good at hiring one stud, then you're probably he's probably good, he or she is probably going to take your job. But mm-hmm. if you're good at fi- if you're good at developing people with working with them and dealing with them and keeping them straight and all those types of things that you have to do, you have an invaluable position with the company. Your job is super-duper secure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one of the things that we had always learned. But in the, in the same process, sometimes people are intimidated by hiring people that are maybe better than themselves in certain areas, and therefore, you know, and obviously that's going to kind of self-destruct the whole operation. All right, so here you are. You're working with the the entrepreneur, and I guess there's all different types of people that are out there, and um, they might be filling a position. And I'll give you one thing that happened to me, and you can kind of share with me uh, or share with us um, maybe your feedback. Okay. I, won't mention the comp- I won't mention the company's name, but I didn't take a position with the gentleman because he ran a nationwide service that used to paint people's homes, and he was looking for a national sales trainer to fly across the country. They had a phone room that would set up appointments. It was a pretty big retailer at that time. And he wanted someone to be the national sales trainer to go around the country and open up all these different offices and spend a lot of time on the road and do in-home presentations and hire and work with the telemarketers and all that sort of stuff. And he was willing to pay $60,000 for the year. Now, this is 10 or – no, this is uh, 16 years ago because I went on that job interview. And he didn't like me very much where I said, you're asking someone to do what for for that? Mm -hmm. If someone takes that job – Building your multi-bazillion-dollar company for only $60,000 for the year, you found the wrong guy Mm -hmm. because no one should do what you're asking to do without having maybe start off with a base of 60, but you better give them some kind of performance bonus because nobody that can do that job the way you need them to is probably going to take that job for that measly salary that you're willing to pay. So was I off there in telling him I probably wasn't his guy and that whatever he was looking for was probably destined to fail because the guy that was willing to take that position probably couldn't do what he was asking them to do. Yeah, it would actually be and obviously you're not going to you're not going to say the name nor what I asked, but uh, it would be interesting to know who did get hired and how quickly they had to to replace them because if if the person was any good at all as you said uh, it, it was a temporary thing. They weren't. They surely weren't going to last for that long. I know I certainly wouldn't do that either, uh, particularly. But I, I think probably we're, we're wired similarly in the in the sense that uh, there's there's got to be uh, some type of a performance um, uh, attractive, you know, bonus to anything that we do. I mean, I, I expect to walk into any situation uh, that I'm in and make it uh, significantly better than than it was before I came in. All right and you know, in, in the right uh, in the right kind of scenario, 
Nationally, I'm going to want compensated on the upside. Uh, so I, I agree with you, and I also agree uh, with uh, with actually being forthright you know, and, and letting him know that. Uh, can I ask what his response was? He didn't like what I said. He didn't? No, he didn't like what I said at all. I don't know if he took it as uh, arrogant on my part, maybe because I took over the interview. Mm. But um, what I did was, um, what, and this is just to put this into context for anybody that might be listening. It's not about me, but just to put this into context. I had just moved from Chicago to Florida, um, where I am now, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I realized that I moved to a section of the country that people bring money, people don't make money. That's an overgeneralization. But it was a small, sleepy community, and nobody made the type of income that I really wanted and needed to make which was over 100000 a year at the very limit, at the very least. And when I came down here, I said, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? I went to an executive headhunter, and he says, well, I have a gentleman who's interviewing for a national sales manager of a direct sales company, and they sell stuff through home appointments. My background was in home sales, and I hired and trained and recruited, and I said, so what do they do? And they said, well, they work with this company that has a major credit card, they call the customers, give them estimates for painting. They go over to the customer's home, and because they have a credit card already, they're almost pre-qualified, so they can sell them a nice painting job, several thousand or several tens of thousands, because they have the credit card. They're already kind of qualified for the financing. So somebody's got to go in and go from painting the shutters to painting the whole entire house for X amount of thousands of dollars. And they use the company name as the recognition. So I said, okay, well, let me go on one of your sales reps' calls so I can see a little bit about what it's like. And I went in there and said, okay, got this part down. This is the easy part. I'd have to learn how to measure and things like that. Then when I went back to him, I said to him, well, so what do you want someone to do? And that's when he said, we're looking to build over here and over here and over here, and I need somebody to build me a you know, multi-bazillion-dollar company, and this is what we're doing now. And I'm going to mention a number doesn't matter. I'm going to say like $10 million. And I need them to build me the $50 million. And I said, okay, so what are you going to compensate someone from taking your company, their life, but your company? And they're going to exchange that four, extra $40 million in blood, sweat, and tears because these things don't happen on their own. And it means like somebody's got to get on the road, and then they're going to exchange it for what? And he said $60,000 a year. I said, okay, that's a good base. And what do they get as far as a performance? And he looked at me kind of sideways. He said, no, only 60000 I said, his name was Steve. And I said, Steve, if, if I were to do this job, I would come in and give you the next three to five years of my life, uh, be all over the country working for you, build your business an extra $40 million, and you would give me what part of that? I said, if you get someone to, if you get someone to say yes to that, they either need to, so it's a temporary situation, or you got the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. So if it was like if I was losing my home and I had no other choice, maybe. But I wouldn't be the right guy, perhaps. But I just said to him, no, you got to do something on compensation. you got to make him part of the deal. And he just wasn't willing to do that. So I politely educated him on why it wouldn't be me. So I don't think he liked me for saying that. And I, I know for sure he probably never got the right guy to be able to bring him to an extra $40 million. And I don't remember if those numbers are accurate. But it was pretty close to something like that. And that was just a challenge with the hiring process. And, um, and I think I was right because I know if I was building something like that for some guy and I was only getting compensated the same amount of when I first got started, I think somebody else would have cr- probably recruited me away or would have gotten frustrated or burnt out. That's right. That's right. I, I do. I do ask those kinds of questions whenever uh, I take on a new client. You know, tell me, tell me about the compensation because goodness knows uh, you can't attract the the right talent. You know, if you want me to tell you what what an A player looks like, right? Uh, but all you're all you're paying is the stuff that's going to attract you know C players. I'm sorry, but you know you're going to be disappointed. I'm actually going to be frustrated because. I mean, I'm just I'm wired to to maintain high standards all the time, right? So um, those are questions that that I ask. To, to exactly, exactly. We're going to take a, Yep, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming back with Joseph Skursky. He's the president of Market Leader Solutions. Website is marketleadersolutions.com, and then Higher Assurance, H I R E A S S U R A N C E dot com. We will be right back. 
Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. We are here. This is Peter Mingles. We're here with... The Dash Radio Show, The Dash, when someone gets started is their date of birth, when someone is finished it's their date of whatever you want to call that, and everything in between is The Dash, and how you fill your life is important to us if it matters to you. So we bring excellent guests to kind of open and bend and twist and help shape and help organize and things like that, your thought process and your mind, and we are talking about the hiring and the selection process and how key and important it is. Joseph, when I was, um, because I used to have to hire and train and motivate and develop my own people, I never had the chance of having a big budget. Everything that we earned, we kind of had to pay for. So I had to become maybe, maybe I had to work on a limited budget and bootstrap things or be a little bit more frugal. But I think sometimes it helps sharpen my senses and my explanations. And sometimes I'd have to actually develop my own leaders so they start off whatever they start off and we kind of work with them and eventually I grew my own best branch managers but when I would educate people I would say you know this agree and punctuate and change and modify everything that I'm going to say next but I would say when you're hiring people there's three types of compensation there's like flat compensation like a base salary there's salary plus commission and then there's commission only. So the three would go, you know, you got a base salary or you have base plus compensation like for, you know, extra rewards, and then you have performance or commission only. And I would ask people, which do you think is the highest pay level? Like at the end of the year, who do you think probably makes most in a similar position? Compensation only, you know, like a flat salary, compensation plus a little bit more, and then commission only. And, you know, you might use different words, but in the experiences that I had, the ones that were performers, if you're a performer, you're underpaid if you're working at a base Uh most of the time. So all things being equal, lots of exceptions maybe to the rule based on what the base might be. But the concept was is that if you were a performer, be paid on your performance as opposed to don't settle for the base for the security because you are your own. Security would be the things that we would say. Performers perform. You know, non-performers don't perform. And how much of that do you find is relevant to the things that you do? So, again, edit, change, disagree, all that sort of stuff with whatever I just said. Yes, well, um, one thing I'll I'll agree with you uh, 100% is that um, that base salary is going to put a cap on uh, overall um, revenue or or, uh, income level. Uh, a flat, a flat base salary. I can't even imagine that uh, in in any kind of a sales role or sales leadership. Um, base plus, you know, I like those personally, uh, and and I've I've had you know lots of those in the past. Uh, my preference, um, <laughs> lucky me, because it's the that company I, I mentioned that I tripled their revenue uh, had a very highly leveraged uh, compensation package. So it was it was. You know, about 40% uh, of the comp was base and 60% uh, was upside based on performance, so that was good. Um, 100% commission, I know for a fact that those guys, the ones who are good, uh, will make a lot, a lot of money. Uh, but they're so few and far between. You know, Now, one of the, one of the big uh, things in attracting those kinds of people, sometimes you, you've got you've to be able to provide extra things. It's not just, hey, I want to I you know, skimp. And not have to pay, you know, somebody uh, to to go out and, and develop business. So I'm just going to give them a hundred percent commission. Well, you know, are you providing leads? Are you providing coaching? I mean, are you, are you actually helping these guys to to get started so that they're they're not just 
um, you know, thrown into the deep end of the of the pool and, and forced to swim. I like to have you know, some kind of some kind of extra support to actually bring those guys on board. And I've done those uh, those programs uh, myself in the past, but you know, we also uh, did provide uh, uh, high quality leads for them. Excellent. Is that okay. Question? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, positively. Now we talk a little bit about the hiring process. Mm-hmm. What about the firing process? So I know that you're part of the selection process, but prior to the selection process, that you're filling a situation that is now empty. That now empty situation might have happened as a result of maybe somebody being promoted away, they left, or maybe they were destroyers. So, again, going back to the vernacular that I used to use, we would say that people are either uh, builders, maintainers, or destroyers. Uh A maintainer kind of keeps everything static quo. A a builder is one that goes in there and just makes things happen, and a destroyer could destroy anything relatively quickly. Uh And sometimes you're filling a position where maybe a maintainer retired or maybe a builder left for whatever reasons and you're kind of dealing with those things, or maybe a destroyer destroyed. So let's talk about before they even needed you. As an employer, if you have a if you have a bad apple, like what are the signs of maybe somebody that is a bad apple have to get rid of, and do you have any examples of how your job was so much harder because the boss was unwilling to do the tough move and make the adjustment or maybe let somebody go? Yeah, wow. Well. My my criteria for um, for that is, is actually pretty clear. It's it's uh, performance and commitment. Uh, you know, you put that into a quadrant. You've got people that are that are you know high performers, uh, very committed. Uh, those are your superstars. You love them. Uh, folks who are you know maybe not high performers yet, but they're highly committed. Typically, those are the folks that are that are brand new in the organization. Uh, the the ones who are low performers, low commitment. Uh, that's kind of a no brainer. Get rid of them. Uh, but the, the the tough one, the tough question to, to answer, Peter, is you know, those that, that are high performers with low commitment. Uh, those are the ones that I mentioned uh, previously. They're, they're your Pied Pipers. They've got credibility because they're making their numbers, right, except they're not on your page. They're not aligned with you as, as the leader. And so other people are still paying attention because, you know, these, these folks still have, you know, secrets for how to, how to um, make their numbers consistently. Right? Other people are paying attention. Other people are watching. They're also watching that that attitude. And they're watching where where these folks are going. You can you can very quickly uh, get to a point of I'm sure you've had this at least once, uh, you know, a, a team insurrection uh, because they all of a sudden say, Hey, Peter, we're not listening to you. We're listening to this guy over here. Look look at the kind of numbers he's making. Right. Uh, so those are the difficult uh, conversations to have uh, with an owner uh, or you know some some management uh, uh, person inside an organization. How to take somebody, you know, who's who's making their numbers consistently, but their attitude just sucks, um, and try to turn them around. And one of the things that I've found, and it comes out in the assessments, uh, you know, people are wired differently for um, what their their primary motivators are. What's most important to you might not be to somebody else. Sometimes, and I know this sounds this sounds almost uh, you know, antithetical to uh, uh, to a hardcore sales guy like yourself, but uh, some people uh, aren't even motivated necessarily by uh, just the money, just the Benjamins. Uh, some, you know, are, are going to be more motivated by the opportunity to improve themselves, by you know, facing new challenges and, and being, you know, coached to that level of, of uh, development. Uh, some of them, it's going to be the, the one-on-one time that they get to spend with their boss, where they get to learn some of those secrets that prepares them for the for the next level or two in their career. Um, you know, other folks, you know, just have a, a tendency to want to belong to a team. You know, they've been out there as a, as a renegade for so long that, uh, you know, they, they just need to be uh, around other people. You know, you put one of those folks out on the road, uh, you know, flying solo all the time, they're going to be miserable, right? They'll, they'll definitely not be uh, fulfilled. Uh, so, you know, those are those are just some quick examples of different, different hot buttons, different motivators, but... Uh, the assessments uh, that, that I use actually clearly pinpoint that. And so what it does is not just, not just you know, have give me the ability to say, you know, Peter, here's the right person to hire and here's why, uh, you know, because I, I can uh, justify all that uh, in detail. But, oh, if you bring them on board, here's how to, to coach them and lead them, right, so that it's a, it's a successful um, 
venture for both, right? The the new candidate, new employee now uh, gets everything that they want out of the relationship, and you know you find that uh, you're able to, to lead them. It goes back to uh, something that you and I talked about uh, previously, which was uh, uh, my my motto of uh, hire hard, manage easy. Whenever you pay attention to all those things that are that are really critical up front, uh, the the management process on the back end is just a breeze. You know, whenever you know how how somebody works, how they you know what makes them tick, it's easy to lead them. That is such a key thing. It's worth kind of saying again, so everybody kind of hears it. What you said was you basically said people aren't motivated by the same thing. You really have to find out what it is that motivates them. Now that might sound like common sense, but I know that a lot of people listen to our audience are distributors for home-based businesses or network marketing companies or affiliate programs, and they find the same beat of the drum, money, 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 cars, 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 houses, houses, houses. And that might motivate people that are interested in money, houses, and cars. The status, there's nothing wrong with that, no judgment at all. But there's got to be a portion of the audience that may not be necessarily motivated by money, like huge amounts of it, as if there's never enough, or houses or cars. So I think where most people miss the mark is they think that, you know, everybody is a nail and I'm going to use my hammer in my little toolbox. And in the home-based business, a lot of the leaders, the reason why they became leaders is because of the money for them, but that may not be what's motivating everyone in the audience, and it might actually be turning them off. So I just wanted to say that for all those people that are listening in that are our home-based business people. What what Joseph is talking about is how you might have to motivate that person for that supervisory position, but your audience, learn what motivates them. I mean, learn what motivates them. Let's talk, let's talk a we little have bit a, about that. Go ahead. Can, can, can I finish? There's, yeah. There's, uh, uh, just finish the thought. I'm not trying to override. Uh, yeah. The the. the most folks uh, see things through their own filter. They process things through their own filter. This is how I interpret things. This is how I, uh, you know, interact with my environment or, 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 you know, how my emotions roll. And so uh, they have a tendency to think, well, that's probably true for everybody else, but we're, we're all different, right? We do things for different reasons. To understand what, what, you know, makes the other person tick goes miles toward being able to, to lead them effectively and easily, Right. The majority of the time, whenever whenever I come on the scene, you know, I've got a I've got a situation where not necessarily for uh, you know higher assurance purposes, but sometimes you know whenever I'm in a, an executive coaching uh, type role, and I've got folks that uh, you know leaders just pulling their hair out because of of somebody. So uh, if they're if they're managing hard, that meant that they probably hired easy. So whenever I start asking the questions about how did this person come into this position or into the company, you know, then I find out that you know they knew this person and you know that, and we we just sort of push them right through the system very quickly so it's the it's the exact opposite of, of what i what i've you know uh, both uh, uh talk and walk which is hire hard manage easy let's manage easy because there's there's other problems that as a business leader you need to be solving not people problems you know they're they're, they're big business problems out there right now Unbelievable. Yep, absolutely. Now, we're going to take our last commercial break. I'll be right back, and then we're going to come back with Joseph Skursky, president of Market Leader Solutions. If you want to take a look at the websites, go to hireassurance.com, H-I-R-E-A-S-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com, and then, just like these, the president of the company, Market Leader Solutions, lamorethanone.com. Here we go. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level. For email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more. Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. 
Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. This is Peter Mingles. We're here with The Dash Radio and my special guest speaker, Joseph Skursky, S-K-U-R-S-K-Y. So that's Joseph Skursky. He's the president of Market Leader Solution. Dot com. That's the domain name, and he's got another one, HireAssurance.com as well. And we're talking about the services that Joseph provides, plus the key components of having the right people in the right place. Joseph, got a quick question for you. We are mm-hmm. sitting right now. I don't watch the news very much because there's usually not too much good news on the news you. very lately. And um, and we have a government filled with these people, I guess they call them politicians, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, whether the government is going to stick around or not. If I were a little bit above the government, would be keeping these guys or would most of them be replaced? Oh, you could just... <laughs> I'm got, you're putting me on the record, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, well, that, just for fun, just for fun. Yeah. Would we keep it, unless it's going to hurt your career, don't answer yeah. that question. Yeah, but um, in, in a real business, how much of this would you tolerate? None. None. Yeah, well, you know, because, again, I guess the nature of a politician, right, is to, to be running on their own agenda. And if that can't line up with uh, with the leadership of the organization, then that, that becomes a problem, right? And I've got right. The, the, the commitment part of the performance and commitment criteria that's being missed. Um, because they're they're committed to their own their own stuff, not not my mission. Uh, so, yeah, in, in majority cases, I, I'd, I'd have to... I'd have to make them available to industry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's code for you'd let them go. I yes, think indeed. that's code Quickly. for you'd probably let you know, probably let them go. So yeah, in the real world, this stuff just wouldn't happen. I mean, if you were a superior leader, you would just say this ain't going to happen. Now, with no due respect to President Obama, he's kind of in an awkward position based on the situation he's in. He just can't go fire these guys. But right. in the same aspect, in the real world, in the business world, they probably won't. They probably wouldn't be around very long. That's usually probably why you don't find real business guys running countries, because right. they have different agendas, like we just said a little bit earlier. Yep. Now, is, is there a key criteria of someone that you might look for for a leadership position? Let me kind of give you a little bit of a background on what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people might need technical skills, or they might need um, people skills, or maybe attitude, and then there's like work habits. Could you kind of talk about those things? I know you would need all of them if you're going to be a real good leader. So you need Mm -hmm. the technical skills, you need the knowledge, you need the attitude, you need the work habits. But in what proportion do you find the people that are the most successful? Like if you were to say, give me a blueprint for somebody that's maybe more successful than others, is it, you know, what proportion, and don't worry about hard numbers, but give me a general feeling of attitude, work habits, um, knowledge or technical skills? There there are, in fact, the, the deepest part of the assessment that, that I use, uh, those inner talents that I mentioned before, uh, generally uh, wind up being the key criteria whether somebody moves into a position like that or not. Uh, and what's, what's comprised of that is um, emotional intelligence, right, as one measurement, um, Things like the the ability to see, to identify uh, patterns of things, to have a good strategic mind, to be uh, very effective at execution, to understand how people fit into that whole plan, very critical, especially for a leader. Uh, could you give me than, Could you give me like one role model example of somebody that might that we might know, like in the you know like you'd say Warren Buffett or Donald Trump or somebody like that? Can you think of one person like that that we might know that might exemplify those things? I, I know you deal with the with the companies, but we don't know the companies you work with. Yeah, I can tell you some real people, but uh, I don't want to mention any names. Um, right. Uh, boy, oh boy, who? Uh, good. Let me. Can I get back? You to come that? back. Absolutely, absolutely. If I if I think of something here in the next in the next couple of minutes, I'll, I'll bring yep. it up. Uh, but those those typically are the the things that that make or break a leader. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you uh, the truth. The the 
uh, company that I mentioned where I tripled their revenue and foremost. I had a great team. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, I just I just raised them to a level that they had never seen before. Uh, and to this day, um, I still can't walk through the technical demo uh, because I just never spent the time there. I spent the time building the people, right? So the technical skills I, I understand, you know, in certain in certain arenas uh, are very important. I think that there's sometimes too much importance put on that uh, for uh, leadership positions. Uh, yes, they have to understand, but to what to what degree? Uh, geez, you know, I'd rather that their their specialty was in um, people. They'll get much more out of them. They'll be more satisfied as a result. You know, and you know, believe me, I mean, a smart a smart person. They're still going to be able to to ask all the right questions to understand, uh, you know, what's happening with the technical side of things, uh, without you know needing to to be you know an engineer level uh, understanding of of the technical expertise. Got it. How about attitude and work habits? Attitude um, has a tendency to to uh, come back to that alignment with the boss. Uh, whenever, and again, whenever you're paying attention to that, and, and you can anticipate, you know, are there conflicts? Are there significant conflicts? Um, you know, you can you can hopefully avert those uh, uh, disasters well in advance. Um, but whenever you can't, when it, whenever you've not done the the work that that I do with that, then yeah, you run into attitude problems. Uh, you know, also if you're trying to, to push the wrong motivator on somebody that's, you know, that's not their primary motivator, you're going to get a, an attitude backlash, you know, and, and that, in that case, that's actually the fault of uh, the boss, right, by not knowing those things, in other words. Uh, work habits, obviously critical. I mean, I don't, I don't care what level you are in any organization, um, what the role is, work habits are, are uh, essential. You know, and that's one of the things that I that I measure uh, as well as you know their their added, their work ethic, um, their attitude about honesty, uh, you know the, the respect for uh, policies that are in place and things like that. All all very important. Excellent. So when I when I think about people, and maybe some examples, um, I think of like and regardless of their political stances or positions, I think of people like a Rudy Giuliani, who. Mm-hmm who, at least a public persona, I never worked with the man, I probably have a different opinion of him, maybe if I did either right or wrong, I don't know. But I looked at him as being a real leader at the time. You know, as far as when I listen to him, the way he speaks, the way he talks to people, the way he seems like he manages a business. Um, the other one, uh, Bloomberg, you know, Michael Bloomberg, you know, the president, I guess, mayor. You just mm-hmm. listen to him. Now, I may not agree with what he talks about relative to big gulp sodas or maybe some of the other things that he's got going on. <laughs> but when I listen to them speak, you can see they have really – great brains and fascinating philosophies that might be different from mine. They might have a different mechanism. Even, believe it or not, the Donald. Now, mm-hmm. Donald's an entertainer, so we know he makes a lot of money on his entertainment. I think he's smart enough to be able to play that. But sometimes when you actually listen to the man, or maybe people like Ross Perot or Ron Paul, and I don't know, those to me are the real leaders that are out there. Now, again, take away their whatever they're doing for a living, I like their style, if you will, because they're pretty in-depth. They seem like they have a pretty good handle on, on what it's like to, to work with people. So those are maybe some people I would um, emulate um, relative to their leadership style, maybe not what they do with their political persuasion, but those mm-hmm. are some of the people. And I know the best ones out there are the names we will never know because okay. they're not running for office. They're not trying to be on television. They're just doing their thing every day, and those yep. are the ones that you probably work with all the time. Mm-hmm. Like my manager, Joe, yeah, my manager, Joe, you'll never know who he was if I mentioned his name because he was always too busy doing the work. He wasn't writing books. He wasn't trying to get a next deal. He was just doing the work, helping a whole bunch of people as well. So Mm -hmm. if people, if there was an entrepreneur out there and they say, you know, this guy might be able to help me how to double or triple my business as a result of the selection process, and let me kind of share with you this relative to my personal situation. If my business doubled, that would make a huge impact on the business. If it tripled, that would be even bigger. And that's like mind-blowing you know, stuff relative to like a regular small business. Because most businesses are profitable perhaps if they're still around. But when you double their sales, you don't just double their business or their profits. It probably makes the difference between 
dying young or not, you know, sleeping at night or not, worrying about payroll or not. And then triple business, oh, my gosh, that's when you can kind of start to do some of the fun stuff. So if I wanted to hire someone like you, how would I go about doing that? Well, um, one, of, one of the first things that I'd like to do, and I appreciate the question, Peter, um, I offer people uh, a comp assessment because, you know, for one thing, they, you know, they read articles and say, oh, assessments, they're a bunch of hooey. Okay, um, take the assessment, read it for yourself, but then let's have a conversation. And I, I'm not a hard pitch guy, you know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to the you know always be closing uh, type type mindset. But uh, because in my role right now, in order to, to reach that level of trusted advisor, I've really got to be trustworthy. Um, but after the after the assessment and the review, uh, most people walk away with a, a much uh, deeper understanding of themselves uh, than they've possibly had before. That's not it's not bragging or anything, but you know, most most Americans in particular uh, aren't real introspective, and whenever it comes to really, really knowing uh, our strengths and our weaknesses, um, I got to tell you, Peter, we we fall short. Uh, you know, we've been lied to since we were in kindergarten, and uh, you know, some people to the extent where they say, "I don't have weaknesses." Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> in fact, the 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 best people, the best top performers, um, have strong strengths and weak weaknesses. Those are my thoroughbreds. I love to love to help hire them. But uh, to your to your question, what what would they do? Uh, contact me. Take a take an assessment. Find out what it's really uh, what it's really all about. I'm always glad to help people. Uh, and you know, if that means that that we go the next, um, you know, to the next level where they're they're wanting now to assess the team and then start you know take a look at candidates and stuff like that. Uh, I've got uh, the program in place and, and higher assurance. I'm actually pretty forthright, even with the uh, the pricing model there. Uh, but one of the big one of the biggest things early in early in the days of Market Leader Solutions, you know, I I priced uh, per assessment. It was actually pretty pretty good price too. Um, but one of the things that I found is that uh, the companies uh, wanted to be more budget conscious then, uh, even though. You know, this is a this is a small slice. Higher higher assurance is actually uh, meant to to be uh, like insurance uh, type. You know, for for hiring. I mean, it's it's a safety net against you know making a, a just an outright mistake. But um, what I found is that they would you know say, well, let's let's just only assess these two final people or this this one final person. You know, and basically they want they want me to bless them and, and say, yep, hire that one. What if they're wrong? What if it's you know then they've skimped, you know they were they were penny wise and pound foolish. Um, so the higher assurance program actually allows for uh, unlimited assessments uh, for uh, that particular role. So until you fill that that seat, let's assess everybody, right? And I'll be able to tell you pretty quickly who who you ought to be spending your time with and who you should not. And Does again, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And for those people that have the resources or maybe they're in the position to do so, finding that right person can mean the difference between success and failure, profit versus loss, a uh, uh, fun business to work with, a uh, not-so-fun business to work with, because I've seen it both ways. When we, that's why we came up with the concept of builders, maintainers, and destroyers. The yep. wrong guy, even though he's talented, could rip apart the organization. Okay, we have about a, a minute left um, I'm going to say Joseph Skursky is S-K-U-R-S-K-Y. It's been a great pleasure interviewing you for this radio show. Hopefully we open up some resources for some people. If you're running in a company and that company wants to grow bigger and you're maybe one of the the worker ants in that company and you know some challenges maybe that company owner has, you might say, well, I couldn't hire Joseph, but you can certainly refer him. So make sure you refer Joseph. And, Joseph, I'm going to say I hope you'll come back. We'll delve into this a little bit more. I love the the whole concept this, of this, and it's these are important things also for us. If we're building home-based businesses, the people we might be working with could make all the difference, the right selection and the right person, and or how to handle the wrong ones. So we're going to call it a call. Thanks, Joseph, for being on our call. We'll speak to everybody soon. Thanks for being on the Dash Radio Network. Peter, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. 
Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.